This episode of Masters Cast is dedicated to the memory of our friend and listener, Jason Olson. Will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 73 for Sunday, May 17th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, and I am beloved in the eyes of Horde Prime. <laughs> I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Macca. I'm Just Lioncourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. <laughs> Sorry, that that was amazing. Um, How can I follow that already? up? I mean, <laughs> and that's not really a spoiler. That's not really a spoiler. So no. we're good. We're good. We we should call him Wrong Martin. <laughs> <laughs> You'll understand that later in the episode. Martin and knows like all. To... Martin sees all. <laughs> And I'd just like to note that if we ever find the original episode um, 73, and by we, I mean, obviously, it's your guys' fault that I lost it. Um, <laughs> I will post it as episode 74. And um, before we get into the episode, I'd just like to wish. Um... <laughs> we are on our game today, people. We really are. Yes, Shambles. Are. Yes. <laughs> For the listeners, there was just a big section here I had to edit out because that didn't go very well. <laughs> um, but um, uh, we are here because it is a sad, sad weekend because the Shira and the Princesses of Power uh, Netflix series came to a close after 52 episodes. Uh, season five aired its last 13 episodes last Friday. Um, we're going to do some spoiler-free talk first, so if you haven't um seen the episodes uh we'll let you know when we're going to get into spoilers so that uh, you can go finish those before you finish this episode uh so i guess i'd like to know from everyone like how what would be your like sentence to describe the end of shira over too soon oh that's a good one i i i'm not really a fan of what a lot of these netflix shows do where they've basically dump five seasons in 18 months i mean that's what what that's basically what she did it was like it started and now it's over and it's like i wish we'd spread it out a little bit more but uh yeah that's kind of what voltron did too i think their voltron mm -hmm. show yeah yeah no i think netflix has done it many times before and i'm just i'm not particularly a fan of that format i think i would have preferred to to have it spread out just a little bit and then be able to savor it rather than it's you know here one day and a year and a half later it's gone so especially a show that was as good as this one overall mm -hmm. i think my sentence would have to be oh wait i just had it and i lost it um <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of an adventure <laughs> oh <laughs> nice um i i was just gonna say it was beautiful i thought it was Yes. It was really beautiful and powerful. Yes. I am an extremely 
hard sell on final seasons and particularly final episodes. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a very satisfying ending and series overall. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I I thought season five was, uh, gosh, maybe amazing. That would be my word, just because they really tightened up their writing. Uh, I thought the pacing was was done very well. I I don't think there was much of a lull of like bored spots for me in the thirteen episodes. Like there have been in other seasons where you're kind of like this is a little bit of a filler episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of put full throttle on these last thirteen, um, give or take maybe one or two two of the episodes. Um, yeah, I was I and I will also without spoilers I will say that I was. I was shocked that they were able to do some of the plot line that they were able to do. Yes. Yep. Dun, Pleasantly dun, dun. shocked. I thought Pleasantly, that every... yes. Not, not, not a bad shock. Good yes. shock. I, and also I thought every character, pretty much every character got a satisfying ending. I thought. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Very much so, I thought. The character development... Um, was so well done on this show and then what i liked too is they they did try to give most all of the characters a little bit of a highlight uh in the last 13 even though we know you know the beef of the story involves certain key characters Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah i wish uh which mermista's highlight had come later in the season because after mm-hmm. she kind of has her moment to shine, which is right near the beginning of the season. I can't remember exactly what episode it was in now because they all blurred together after binging them. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was very close to the beginning. And then after that, she mostly just kind of falls off the radar. I mean, she's there and you see her here and there. But as one of the most entertaining characters, I think, of the uh, series. Uh, that I kind of wish they would have held that back until a little bit later they would it would have meant for needing a different storyline so they you know i guess they're gonna tell the story they want to tell um but well and that might be too why they gave more screen time so uh, uh, certain princesses are in a similar predicament right yes you can say that yeah um and they gave say um more screen time to say maybe like spinnerella and natasa given they've kind of had limited screen time for the whole show. So mm-hmm. like overall, right. Mermista has had a ton of screen yeah, uh, time. Yeah. So it was kind of nice for me that uh, a few of the other uh, princesses that were kind of in the background got a little bit more attention. Cause that was what some fans were uh, comp- not complaining, but critical of before, like people like Natasha Spinnerella, they're kind of like the the B team off on the side. Yeah, I actually I agree with you there. So mm-hmm. I, I guess like if 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 I'd had my druthers or whatever, rather it been more evenly spread through the entire run of the series, because you're mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Like those two characters did not get enough screen time until kind of the the final season. So, um, but I think and I think it would have maybe been better if that had been spread out through and let things shake out a little differently in the last 13 but um but it it was it was still good i'm not not being particularly critical there's definitely things in the i mean in the series as a whole we 
talked about it in several episodes of this podcast now, some of which have been posted and some of which have not. <laughs> but so I don't know what I, where I'm repeating myself. But um, yeah, they have made they've definitely made choices that you know me or any other fan out there might have done differently, chosen a different path for the story to go down or whatever. Uh, but for this show, for what it is, it was incredibly well executed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, I agree. And I wonder if that helps. Like if they, when you know you have a set number of episodes you're you're going to get to do, right? If that, like we were saying how you wish the Netflix was... was um, uh, in less of a hurry (laughs) less of a hurry yes um uh but uh, so i guess they could have still spread the the 52 episodes out you know to take up more time and and still just have done 52 episodes but i wonder if that helped them with the actual cohesive story like the entire arc for the most part if you kind of know where your end goal is um and certainly the the end 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 of, of the final episode right you could leave up to interpretation that they they did leave it open for there could be more. Um, But for the most part, we went full circle here for the storyline that they wished to present. So maybe that's a good thing that they had the, they knew kind of where they could go. Yeah. And I think most, most shows nowadays, they will, they will do something like that. Even if it's maybe not a, you know, five season arc or whatever, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, we know we have a, at least one season. So let's tell a story, the arc that lasts that season. Let's, uh, you know, and then we got, okay, we got renewed. So now we can do another season long arc. In this case, right? They, they had, I guess, the order for 52 episodes up front. So they could tell a much, much uh, more drawn out story. Um, drop a lot more clues on, earlier on and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, any other thoughts before we get into spoiler territory? Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for the spoilers. Yeah, I'm trying so hard to think of what I could say that's not a spoiler. <laughs> I know, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. hard. Well, even a lot of the articles that came out, um, so the, a lot of the reviews that came out, uh, you know, the Monday before the show premiered, the press was allowed to see the, the first 10, so they didn't get to actually see the, 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 the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. And such positive press. I, I don't even think I saw a negative article. Um, and a lot of them said a lot of the same things we did, just like, basically how spectacularly done this these final episodes were to kind of tie everything up you know they they knew the characters they knew how to use them they used them well lots lots of positive uh positive press i i it's it's just heartwarming to see that uh with something like shira that was ignored for such a long period of time you know we didn't get anything new Media-wise, you know, since what 1986. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got some some comics in there, but that's well, very minimal. I no yeah. No I mean, ma- well, I guess you would call a comic book mass media too. But um, uh, yeah, I mean more of on a grander scale, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I, I do have and and her own property. You know what I mean? Those she yeah, appearances yeah. were in the He-Man comics. Yeah. I will say uh, one other uh, non-spoilery tidbit before we go into that. 
One thing uh, about this season that appealed to me, I think probably more than some on this show, but for the final uh, season was the, they, well, it still had its humorous moments and funny lines here and there. They definitely dialed back the comedic side and, Mm -hmm. and dialed up the serious side of it, which I definitely prefer. I didn't mind the the comedic side of this series as a whole per se, but I I tend to like my fantasy generally speaking on the more serious side. Uh, one of the reasons why I really like the 2000X series and things like that. And you can have your funny moments, and they did. Um, but they took. I feel like they took the the stories and the tone uh, of this to, in a much more serious direction than they had thus far, which uh, I was happy about. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I thought it had, I mean, it was mostly serious, which is good because, I mean, you know, stuff was going down. But um, I thought they did well to, they still had some humor, um, but it wasn't like as overt as past seasons, which I thought was appropriate for this season. There was Mm -hmm. no swift wind singing for 10 minutes. I was, you know what? I was going (laughs) to ask Josh what you thought of him this season because I found him more tolerable. Yeah, he was much better this season. Like, I still yeah. don't like what they did to the character, but it was better in this season for sure. It was yeah. like they realized, you know what? I we took this a couple of steps too far. Let's back it back it up a little bit. Yeah, let's dial it down a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> I uh, completely completely agree. And yeah, I don't know if this counts. If, okay, if this counts as spoiler, then you can we we can uh, postpone it. But uh, you guys think. Was it just me, or was there a lot of uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like Star Wars references in this season? Like there were lines and and storylines and things that just felt so Star Warsy to me. I was like uh, a little heavy-handed there. I felt more Star Trek, and maybe that's visually speaking slash Horde Prime speaking. We can get to that in the yeah. Though, I guess I'll be more because uh, I'd like to here. know yeah, what this, yeah. what you felt with the Star Wars, whereas I maybe felt some Star Trek. Okay, and maybe it's both. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it's both. <laughs> it's fine. Like their yeah, influences really are fine. What Josh is talking about, so I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, influence well, influence is fine and that sort of thing. Like I'm not. It's not not even being critical. It's thought it was like a little little bit too much, but it was. It's not like bad or anything. Well, why don't we jump into spoilers then? Spoilers! 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, spoilers. So, why do you, what do you feel then was, like, you know where I'm going with the Star Trek thing, right? Well, or yeah, no? I mean, they were in space <laughs> quite a lot, <laughs> no. right? But also, no. like, teleporting. Yeah. When well, they yeah, teleported like the teleporting to the surface. That's... Yeah, that's totally like um, the whole like um, teleport thing. So, so all you know, I'm currently binging Star Trek Voyager. So I got a lot of <laughs> Star Trek in my head. And, I still um, haven't watched that. Oh, still it's so good! Oh, don't do it, Leah. Voyager. I've only <laughs> seen the worst. The only <laughs> ones I've seen are no. the ones with Q because I knew Q from Next oh, Generation. Yeah, eh, those episodes with Q, he annoys me. Um, <laughs> let's let, wait. I can't, I can't get off topic, or people are going to yell at me. Um, so my point, my point with the Star Trek is yes. So in Horde Prime's Prime Lair, his spaceship, <laughs> um, when Katra teleports, you know, Glimmer out, like that's total like Star Trek teleport 
Um, even yeah. the like the 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 console, how she like pushed the thing up. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. Yep, that was totally Star Trek. Um, also, like nobody got like Borg vibes from the whole Horde Prime. Oh, the collective. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The collective wow. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, see, I, like, and I that's that, okay. So that's funny. I did get that to to some extent. Uh-huh. Although you could also go the other way, right? And the whole clones or stormtroopers or whatever, right? Like that the whole. Oh. Uh, see, that's because oh, they don't look like robots, stuff, right? though. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Leanne. I totally talked over you. The the whole thing with the the clones, the stormtroopers and stuff. That's more like prequel. That Star that Wars particular prequel. one. Yes, that particular thing. So that's probably maybe that's why I didn't get. Well, that yeah, that's not the as only much one. Of a Star so Wars so another uh, couple of things. Uh, right, the whole thing with uh, Hordak trying to uh, kill Horde Prime or whatever, like Vader and Emperor type vibe. Oh there. yeah, that did make me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that and you've got uh, Castaspella. You know, saying, uh, I mean, her line is practically out of Star Wars, right? With Obi-Wan and Vader in the first, you know, Star Wars movie. I will strike you down to Shadow Weaver, right? Like, it was just like, uh, there was a lot of those, like, just little things that are like, wow, it's really Star Warsy, But, But mm-hmm. I feel a little bit better that there were some Star Trek vibes that maybe I wasn't picking up on because they were more visual type stuff because I, I've always been a bigger Star Trek fan. So, like, well, oh, yeah, I cool that those are in there, too. A lot like, of green associated with the horde um, that would have given you Borg vibes Borg, um, yeah. visually. So yeah, yeah. It just um, it reminded me. I I didn't even I didn't really think much about um, Star Wars. Is what I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah, because like I would never have known that strike you down line i'll be yeah, honest yeah me neither and, uh, and i mean i've seen the original star wars is like you know twenty seven thousand times um <laughs> just the originals not the prequels um but um uh yeah i don't know i still feel that there were a uh, star trek and perhaps some S- star trek fans and maybe the writing and design and then sailor moon fans also in the design because that new she-ra transformation sequence that totally yeah. made me think of like the first her original transformation sequence is a little Sailor Moony maybe, but like this one like with the way the tiara like popped on and stuff, it definitely made me think of of Sailor Moon. Not that that's a bad thing because it's way better than Sailor Moon. I'm just saying, but it reminded me of Sailor Moon. <laughs> see, I never really watched Sailor Moon, so I would need to see her transformation sequence to compare. But oh, lucky, yeah, lucky. you'll definitely get those vibes. Okay. Yeah, you would definitely get the vibes. In a good way. I mean, it's good, I think. Yeah. But yeah. also, I don't think it's the first time she transforms. I could be wrong. But definitely subsequent times towards the end of the series where you see the, the halo of, like, sparkles around her that were mm-hmm. so reminiscent of the original series. Yes. I freaked out when I saw that. Just completely lost it. <laughs> well, and the big spoiler, right, is that, you know, even though the sword is gone, broken... Adora figures out how to change into She-Ra again, and she gets an updated costume. And I actually thought the costume itself was more reminiscent of the original She-Ra, not Mara, but like Filmation She-Ra costume than the original redesigned one for this show. Yeah. That was really convoluted the way I described it, but I think you understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, totally. And the sword... 
The new yeah, sword, the new sword yeah. very similar to the original one. Yeah, it looked more like the original. So I think that was kind of a nice nod as well. And yeah. I love the tiara was so much better, the, the new tiara. I wish yeah. that would have been her tiara in the first place. Yeah. Actually, I just read an article where um, Noel Stevenson was talking about the way they designed her new costume. Mm-hmm. And it incorporates elements of all of her friends. Like she's got the oh, heart like on her the heart chest for Bo. Yeah. For Bo. Uh-huh. The, her boots, like the wings on her boots, are for Glimmer. Um, the tiara is for Catra because it, <gasps> it's like her headpiece. Oh, it does. Yeah. What? So it does. it's like, yeah, it's super cool. That's amazing. And also, I loved um, seeing the one scene where it's Shira in the new costume next to Mara when mm-hmm. they're talking to each mm-hmm. other because you can see the difference there in the, yeah. the costumes. It's just it's just like her maturing as a character and you know I, I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. What? I'm glad you pointed that out. I hadn't I hadn't read that article. Yeah, yeah I've been really trying good. to stay away from stuff until we. Oh, talk. me too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, question for you for you guys how how did everyone feel about the the whole huge part of this season with the. Horde Prime clones that he has made of himself and that essentially being, I guess, what the Horde is because as we have also discussed on this show previously, really, I really wanted to see the rest of the Horde characters and I feel like they could have still done this with the clones and all that and had uh, other alien races that they had conquered or whatever mixed in, Mantana or Leech or whatever they wanted to do uh, mixed in among their ranks or maybe make it so that the clones are like the officers and the infantry or whatever are the the uh, other horde characters or what I feel like they could have done something and like I, I uh, we had talked uh, before about like Kyle you know you could have swapped him out and maybe done a Mantana thing and that would have been really really cool and I think again another great place for Mantana in this season would have been that I mean, it, and it would it would have meant changing some things. I'm not saying it's a perfect fit, but like that really goofy clone that follows them around and realizes Horde Prime is a is a a false, false ruler god. or whatever. Yeah, and all of that yeah, stuff. He doesn't that they say did. god, but it reminded me of Stargate, so I had to say false god. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> instead of having that be you know just one more of these Horde Prime clone things or whatever you know had having that have been like a mantena type character really kind of kind of silly fun uh member of the horde would have i, I don't know would have would have scratched an itch for me anyway but but then you wouldn't have got wrong hordak <laughs> yes. well i think they could have done both because i i really wish that they had done like mantena because he would have been so freaking perfect for this um but kind of like how hordak had branched off and was doing his own thing so i could see you know, like Leech or Mantena being in that group, whereas Horde Prime is like his own, kind of his own thing with his own clones. Because mm-hmm. really, that's how he is able to watch everybody. And he, you know, can keep power. Yeah, I guess I was amping up the Borg. I guess I was amping up the Borg aspect of it, right? Like they could still, he could still control, because he controls other characters yeah. through this too, right? Like, you know. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that yeah, that was kind of what if, I was like but, taking over Katra and kind of making her up in his image a bit. Um, was she always supposed to be disposable, or would he have actually kept her around if they hadn't come back for her? 
because she wouldn't have fit in. She would have been the only one that wasn't a clone mm-hmm. on that ship. Yeah, that's which would true. Be weird. So maybe she was always set up for oh, failure. Yeah, I think she was always set to be a a pawn. Yeah. Um. But back to Josh's question, I'll be honest with you, I did not even once think during these thirteen episodes, like I have in previous seasons, the sentences or the questions, "Where's Leech? Where's Mantena?" Never popped in my head. Yeah, same. Me either. I I just liked the way it was done. Go ahead, Martin. I I just I was just agreeing. Yeah, they, it did occur to me in previous seasons, but by the time we'd reached this one, I I didn't think about them at all. I don't think. I think when I went in, or maybe when I saw the last episode of the last season, I was entertaining the idea that like Majulok would show up and he'd be the guy who was looking after all. Horde Prime's clones. <laughs> and I'd convince myself that maybe he would show up, but no, he didn't. But you didn't need him, I don't think. Like, the only person I noticed missing or thought of during this season was that we never got to see um, Sweet Bee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it true. mentioned, right? If I recall yeah, in a, a way early episode. But yeah, yes. she was mentioned, but... Yeah, in Princess Prom... Mm-hmm. Uh, when Adora is mapping out, like she has that map and yeah. she's like, this person hates this person. And she said, uh, you know, and Pika blue is, is dating sweepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't say that we find out in this season that Pika blue is Prince Pika blue, not princess, uh, Pika blue. Um, so that was referenced. So that was, I think the only mention of, of sweepy. So I was surprised that she didn't make an appearance or just wasn't there kind of with Pika blue, even though we found out that Pika blue was, um, double trouble. And I was a little disappointed, you know, they introduced the star siblings, which I thought was a really cool take on the star sisters. And then at the end of that episode, they're like, yeah, let's all go fight. But then they disappear. <laughs> they yeah, don't they didn't actually really use join them afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah, know. I think, go ahead. I think another reason that we were so focused on Horde Prime and the clones is because, you know, Horde X guys, they're not even shown, like, his troops. Or there's this one quick scene at the end that shows, like, Kyle and... Uh, what are the, the other two? Yeah. But and you Lonnie. don't see them at all. Like, they're never mentioned. Yeah. Um, the focus is solely on Horde Prime. Yep. Mm-hmm. I actually completely miss that that little scene where you see them in the last episode. <laughs> it's like a really quick flash. Yeah. It's I'd just e- like on the screen, right? Yeah. yeah. I even yeah. messaged John afterwards and was like, where was him? <laughs> I just, I just realized after <laughs> yeah. I finished that he wasn't there at all. I was expecting somebody to find him in like the ruin of the fright zone or something, and he'd oh, play them back some messages. <laughs> now I'm upset that that didn't happen. <laughs> but you see him in that little screenshot, and Rogelio's wearing him in like a backpack baby carrier thing. Oh really? Yeah. Which I only realised because oh I saw a screenshot someone had posted online, but I completely missed it. <laughs> I yeah, did and too. I didn't even realise oh, that the baby was in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. And I didn't know that Lukey was in one of those shots, too, until somebody showed me a screenshot. I was like, what? Yeah, he was. I saw him in the shop at in Airlandia. The, you know, that like, you know, the lady that looked like strawberry shortcake. Oh, I didn't yes. see him in there. Yeah, he I didn't was on either. the wall. Oh, my God. 
I was blind, blind, that was I the, tell you. That was the big spoiler. We just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> hey, here's, well, here, we're in spoilers now, so. <laughs> yes, it's okay. Here, here's something that might be fun as a round robin to any uh, of you, if, if any of you have a favorite line from this season. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead, Martin. You go first. <laughs> uh, mine was the very satisfying uh, moment where Hordak uh, remembers everything at the end and goes, "I am Hordak, and I defy your will." And then throws Hord <laughs> Prime into the pit. <laughs> Yeah. That was good. I was that grinning was really wildly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think I I texted somebody this. I don't remember. Yes, that might have you been texted you, Katie. me okay. one. It was. <laughs> it's my line is perfuma, and I'm not that big of a perfuma fan. And this goes back to the how there wasn't really that much comedy in in this uh, episode block, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some shining moments of comedy. And she says something like, "Shira." Put that down. We do not throw tanks at our friends. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. And then they're like, you know, the, the horde troops pick it up and it. oh, it's okay for them to throw it. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> I think it's like second to, there was also a line that was like something like, go towards the light. It's not that kind of light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go so, yeah, yeah. So, I think my favorite line was in uh, when they're on that, uh, I think it's on the crystal planet, and they've just kind of teamed up with Catra, and they're looking for the life form or whatever that Entrapta is detected in there. And Catra has the line to the rest of them Seriously? How are you all still alive? <laughs> yes. And I lost it. I had to stop the episode because for some reason it hit me just the right way at the right moment and I about died because that was hysterical. That was a great thing to point out. Um it was so lovely to see how self-aware the show is. Yeah. Like that Catra's like, "So wait a minute. You're going to go into this place, you don't know what it is to find some creature you don't know what could do to you." And then you know she does the line that um uh, Josh says it's just kind of like in the in the early episodes, like Natasha says something like, "My name's Natasha, Nets. I toss <laughs> Nets, yeah. and they can't remember what her power is." It's like, yes, my name says it all, just like all of your names do. <laughs> I love what they did with Natasha in this season. Mm-hmm. Do you realize they made her like the Batman of the princesses? Because she keeps tabs on all the princess's weaknesses. That is such a Batman thing. Batman does that to like the Justice League. Yeah, he does. It was so good. I loved it. Everyone's weakness was fire, which made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is way more personal than everyone else's. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha was this, I think, hands down inarguably this was the best depiction of that character we have ever gotten in anything mm-hmm. oh yes because uh, she's always been such a neglected character god why am i having so much trouble coming up with a line one bit i know that... i'm thinking too there's so many i liked one moment that just made me 
laugh, although I probably shouldn't have laughed, is when they're having dinner with Horde Prime in the second episode, I think, or the first episode. And he's like, uh, delicious, yes? The planet it comes from no longer exists. And, and Glimmer just looks horrified and he goes, seconds? <laughs> that really made me laugh. Like, what I loved about Horde Prime was... Uh, so in contrast with Hordak, right? Hordak would always get angry and fly off the handle, right? He'd blow stuff up. Whereas Horde Prime was just always so calm. and I mean, until the end, right? But calm mm-hmm. and calculated and I just want peace. I'm going to destroy your world because you'll all be dead. And then there'll <laughs> be peace. Yes. <laughs> and I liked how they were like... Um, it was all white, um, like they were light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, b- beings. Uh, like um, I'm not trying to say like skin color type references. I'm just saying the way they were depicted, it was not as evil looking. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah. drenched in like the normal evil colors and stuff. They were very bright. Um, I mean, yes, granted, he had several eyes and he doesn't look very friendly, maybe. But like it kind of gave that perception of, yes, I'm a higher being and I just want peace and mm-hmm. I'm a was little it, angel or something, you know. Wasn't some of this incarnation of Horde Prime kind of uh, uh, inspired by what they were doing in the recent DC comics? Because... I seem to remember, and I I, it's, I haven't read the whole series. The comics are obviously problematic for me to read, but I seem to remember there being a whole thing about him being attached and getting like liquid through tubes and all this stuff that was going on in this series as well. In those, I remember wasn't that part that. of Horde Prime's only? It was like this ancient being that was kept alive because he had all of this weird tech that was injecting him with all these fluids and things i think that was they might have been doing that, that with hordak though, yeah i think they were is what i'm recalling yeah he i don't like i a... didn't commit those things to memory <laughs> yeah yeah i think he there was, was in... some some inspiration coming from that there hmm. which again okay all right so we've talked about this before uh, a little bit but just i it's so confusing what they could and couldn't talk about in this show right clearly I'm I'm I as a as a fan uh, of the series. If I was watching this not, as not as someone who didn't have any familiarity with the original series, I would have definitely been aggravated that there is no they never pay off anything from early in the series, right? Like we never find out what Grayskull is, we never find out what Eternia is. They never uh, do any of this, but They've got Despondos mentioned, which is from originated from 2000X, right? I don't think it existed yes. before that, which is a wholly Mattel-owned part of the the uh, thing. So it's it's irritating and frustrating to think of all the things that they could that could have been um, and weren't with with this show as well. They did a great job for what they could do, but I definitely uh, wish. That as as I was mentioning before we started recording today, I I really wish someone would just plunk down however many million it would take, like Hasbro did with Transformers, and get the Masters and Shira properties under under one banner uh, again. Mm-hmm. Because the, I I enjoy the the franchise as a whole, and it's it's an infinite. Uh, infinite source of aggravation to me to have them 
split because of all of these rights that are strewn across umpteen different companies. Yeah, and I mean, just uh, like we know, for lack of a better word, fact, that, um, you know, intentions were made to possibly include things that you wanted, right? But unfortunately, obviously, rights issues, they couldn't do it for whatever the reasons are uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I think what you said in that last part, though, is, is what I'd really like to highlight is that the writers of this show did do the best that they could to dance around yeah, oh yeah, the absolutely. stuff they couldn't use because uh, this wasn't their fault, right? If they're told, no, no. example, you can't show Castle Grayskull, let's say, right? Let's just, hypothetically speaking, that's that was what they were told. Then they had to kind of dance around, well, she still gets to say, for the honor of Grayskull, what do we say? And Martin, didn't we talk about, like, Mara called her, like, rebel something, like her, her band of people something of Grayskull? The Grayskull group was some, something along yeah, those like lines? Yeah, like, I couldn't... I couldn't tell what she said because it was kind of garbled that communicator talk in that one episode. So I need to turn on the closed captioning. I forget which episode it was, but it's when after they, they unlock that thing and they're like, we're friends of Mara. And they hear that message. I think it's when they're, they're in the crystal castle with Bo's dads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't hear that. But yeah, they've, they, uh, I just, I would just love to see like, Mattel's such a huge company. I, I, I wonder, I wonder what the, what the price tag would be, right? Because like, I remember when all that went down with Transformers and Hasbro, I think if I'm remembering correctly, when they bought the rights to the original cartoon because they wanted to make the movies, which went on to make them far more than they ever spent. I think it was like $7 million or something. It's like, compared to what the movies made in the long run, it was nothing, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like... And that that was Transformers, which you know, arguably you could say it would have a higher price tag on it because it's been kind of continuously in pop culture. Whereas you know, humanity have come and gone, right? Over the decades, there's high periods and low periods for the franchise, and so I can't imagine it would be even that much. And it, it seems to me like it would just solve so many problems if either Mattel or I guess DreamWorks, whoever, just pay off the other party and do what do what you need to do so that uh well we don't know there could have been conversations of that though and 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 like maybe dreamworks doesn't want to give away their portion of the rights or mattel doesn't feel there's value in it to spend the money right no i'm sure that there's these things have happened i'm just saying I, i think it's i think it's doing a disservice to the franchise as a whole though yeah it's I a agree. whole we, we've yes, seen this I... we've seen the same thing happen with star trek right like because the tv and movie franchises have been owned by two separate parties for decades and that's really? just just changed in the last year but i did not realize that yeah yeah that's why there's been so many weird things that they can't they can't reference between the two sides of it right paramount owned all of the movie rights and cbs owned all of the tv rights and now they're, I believe, in the last year, they both have, have been taken under by, or, you know, gone, uh, taken over, whatever, by Viacom, who I think is now the parent company of both. So I think that's going to change going forward. But for, for decades, that's been a problem on the Star Trek side as well. So it's like, this isn't unheard of. And eventually, it sort, you know, usually, eventually, somehow it gets sorted out. <laughs> but for us in this franchise, it just seems like, 
I mean, we're going on 40 years now, and yeah. these things are still a problem. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you just if, working at Envy Creations when we were doing the comics, I mean, that was always a problem. You know, characters mm. we couldn't we couldn't say their names or characters we weren't allowed to use, you know, that would have been, I mean, it really does, um, you know, your hands are tied when you're trying to tell a story. Yeah. 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 And I remember, um, we had also contacted Hasbro at the time because we were going to try and do a visionaries comic and the rights were all screwed up there too. So we, we weren't able to do it. I mean, it's, it's Mm. just like all these properties, um, I mean, it's not just with He-Man and She-Ra, obviously, but it's just crazy. Well, it would be fun to talk to, like, someone that doesn't know anything about He-Man and She-Ra and was just watching the She-Ra show. Like, I, like, do they? Do they wonder what Eternia... Let's say, you know, the internet didn't exist, right? And they couldn't Google, what's Eternia? What is Grayskull? Um, if they didn't have knowledge of this, would they want, like... Would they be disappointed? Because, again, and in, in the finale, right, we, we don't see anything about Eternia... We, we don't see anything about Grayskull that is never explained. Um, I just wonder, I is it a is it more of a problem for us? Because yes. we know Adora's original origin. It's but, 100% more right? of a problem for us. I yeah. don't think a kid would give two shits. I like... definitely would have as a kid. Because I was always sitting there over, I, I overanalyzed everything. So I think it totally depends on the kid. But, you know, I definitely sat there and overanalyzed and tried to, like, rationalize inconsistencies in the continuity. And, like, I did all that stuff as a kid. So I can understand the gray skull, not to cut you off, but I am. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. Well, gray skull is her catchphrase. So I think, like, yeah, they had to keep for the honor of gray skull. Right. That's her catchphrase. Could you imagine the meltdowns if it was like for the honor (laughs) of the crystal castle or something? I don't know. Um, But. I, so we think of Eternia, right, in terms of Eternia, the planet that He-Man and She-Ra were born on, right? The planet that ho- houses Castle Grayskull. To a, to a new viewer of this She-Ra show, nothing in the show, I don't really think, ever indicated that Eternia was a place. It was a password, yeah. right? She said Eternia to unlock things. And we're thinking, oh, my God, that's so awesome. She just said Eternia, which is a reference to who she is. She's an Eternian, blah, blah, blah. In a new viewer, that's not crossing their mind. To them, the word Eternia is just a password. So to me, I'm wondering if even the For Honor of Grayskull and She-Ra does, or Adora does ask, like, in the first episode, what, Grayskull, what's a Grayskull, she says. And that's obviously never explained. But I wonder if we do put more weight on it, though, because we already have the knowledge that we expect to see in the show. Well, I, I'll tell you, if I ever find out, I've got two two children in my orbit. So my nephew <laughs> is my nephew is watching this Shira show and my wife's cousin's daughter which i have no idea what that relation is to me but whatever that is um <laughs> is like obsessed with it so um so maybe eventually uh you know I, but i think it, it's going to depend on the kid to a large degree on how much they how much they sit there and overanalyze it you just very quickly just a funny thing that you made me think of when you were talking about can you imagine the meltdown if she had said for the honor of the crystal castle 
<laughs> I, got, I, I, can, I can do you one better. Can you imagine uh-huh. the meltdown if it had been for the honor of Eternia? Or Etheria, rather? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it very well could have been. I mean, they, oh, they could have totally done it. Yeah. They yeah. could have completely erased. Like, if you th- the, think about the He-Man elements that are there, right? For the honor of Grayskull, so Grayskull. The fact that she uses the word Eternia. Other than that, there's not really anything that references well, directly back that's, to the He-Man I, show. Okay, but, well, maybe not directly back to the He-Man show, but we never really get much of an explanation of Adora's background apart from she was one of the first ones, right? Like, that's it. They do that well, whole yeah. thing, that whole flashback of Hordak went and came back with this baby that we never understood where he went why he went there why he brought her back there's just nothing it's wait, just wait 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 wait, wait 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 <laughs> you're forgetting we find out though that 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 was all set up by light hope that was in the season we didn't do any episodes about uh maybe i've just forgotten that i probably should go back like and watch remember that's that's rewatch. when that's one of the it's right before it's before adora breaks the sword because light she finds out that light hopes the one that like opened that portal and and remember how she always worded it like the horde stole you yeah the horde stole because they got light hope couldn't physically go to the portal that she opened right so but we still don't know where she's from or any of her background was my kind of but again we're thinking we're mad because we know it's eternia yeah, like, but even I if it, even if it, it wasn't, like I just think any sort of background would have been. They would nice. just. Be I like, love backstory though, so maybe that's curious. part of the problem for me personally too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really think that is it because to me, I'm actually like I completely understand your frustration about the rights issues and how that's a nightmare and they need to fix that, um, but at the same time, I'm almost kind of glad perhaps that they didn't have the rights to do all this because to me, I can look at this version of She-Ra as one complete separate entity and view it and love it as that. Like I can separate it from everything that came before, everything that will come after. And I think it's just a masterpiece. I think it's beautifully done and it didn't need the extra to make it what it ended up being. Um, I don't think it detracts from it at all to not know exactly where she came from as a baby. Um, it's, it's her journey and it's her future that matters. That's what, and her friendships, um, her maturity, that's the focus of this entire series. It's not about going back and trying to find her parents and biology and it's the family you choose and the friends that you choose and meet along the way. And I love the fact that He-Man and Adam and Eternia, I mean, I know it's mentioned a couple of times. I actually love the fact that it was never brought in. And I've said this from the beginning, all these people that were so mad or so concerned that He-Man wasn't going to be in it. And I kept saying, shut your F, whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to say, just shut your holes because... He-Man has had his turn over and over and over. This is She-Ra's only other turn since the 80s. It's her time. This is her show. And then we got her show that had nothing to do with anything else. And I'm thrilled to death with that. So I'm sorry if it bothers you and I'm sorry if it bothers others. 
I am thrilled. <laughs> I'm like giving myself chills just I'm, I'm just giving you a standing ovation over here. <laughs> I, I don't entirely disagree with you. I think the only place where, where for me it falls down, it's not even necessarily about bringing He-Man or whatever in, into it. It's just that I have spent my entire life treating both sides as a single entity and... It would be like if we got a show that was just all Skeletor or something. It's like, it's that would that's, be that's, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine, I guess. But I, it, they're all, it's all interconnected. And, and so it, and I think part of it is this show is so good. I, I want more of it. And there's oh, yeah. all of these paths that they could have gone down to give us, give us more, right? Whether it's directly connecting to He-Man per se or, or not. So you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I mean, I was also one of those back in the 2000X days that wanted Shira to be brought into it too. So, mm-hmm. I've been on both sides of that divide. So, I, you know, that, that's where my frustration with the rights comes from. Well, I just one want thing you could look look together. at it though. So I, I I see I see your point right because I agree with Katie on that m- opus she just did. That's <laughs> Is opus the right word? I don't know. I should look at it. Sure, up. why not? <laughs> and and but Josh, I would be a hypocrite, right? You, one would say because I too wanted Shira in 2000X, and I didn't get that. But my difference that I'm I'm going is the new Shira show doesn't necessarily erase the possibility that she came from a place called Eternia. You know that her twin brother is currently on Eternia right now, you know, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think the show erased any of that. Did it change Adora's origin? Absolutely, right? You know, He-Man didn't come, blah, 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 that kind of stuff, like little minor, more minor details. What 2000X did was I don't see how they put She-Ra in there the way they handled the Horde. That was, I think, more of my problem where... Uh, they took the Horde, right, and they put them in Despondos, and then I guess you could argue, right, that, well, you know, Adora could be in Despondos. Yeah, we don't know what's going on in Despondos. We don't know what goes on, but I think because that was such a limited series, right, 30, what was it, 38, 39 episodes, 39 39 episodes, and as we all know, unfortunately, it had a bad ratio at times of toy commercial versus let's expand (laughs) the plot, Um, (laughs) even though there are some fantastic episodes, like price yeah. of deceit in that in that series are ties that bind those type of episodes um but um i think maybe that's why i i kind of felt like the shira showed leaves room for that where like the 2000 x1 it was kind of evident like they were not going to use shira no matter what uh but again but, um, rights issues right like that's issues, what it all yeah. comes down to it, it all man. comes down that's to kind of, it's I, kind of sad i do think katie it's nice that he-man didn't overshadow this show Like you kind of weren't sitting there in episodes thinking, when is He-Man going to show up? Oh, absolutely. He wasn't, he wasn't needed, right? Like it would have been a Mm -hmm. bonus, but we weren't sitting there like, when's He-Man going to come and save the day for Adora? Yeah, no. no. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, all of it's just more about wanting more, I think, in the end. So, 
And that's and I mean you're gonna get more. There's two He-Man cartoons coming soon, and no more of this show though. (laughs) More of this. I agree. I would love more of this show as well. Or, or at the very least, like I said at the beginning of all of this, having spread it out over 18 months, this was come and gone too too quick for me personally. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I was watching this, wishing this wasn't the end, right? Like yeah, and who knows? But it made it so much more poignant. I think that it was like that they didn't draw it out because some series we know will just go on forever and ever and ever. And finally, you're just like, oh, just end it already. Right. Um, But they could have done 52 episodes and just ran it out over two and a half years or three years or something rather than condensed into 18 months. Like that's. But I like that it ended in her anniversary year. Like that (laughs) has some importance to it since. We're not getting a power con this year, sadly. Um, at least we have this to celebrate Shira's uh what number? Thirty fifth anniversary? And, and we right? we will we will revisit this show in thirty five years <laughs> when we are all in our seventies. Is that right? Yeah. When we're all in our seventies, we'll be on this podcast uh, yeah. doing a rewatch of <laughs> I will be in my late 60s. <laughs> Rub it in, Rub Martin. It in. Rub it in. <laughs> well, you said in 35 years? Yep. Another 35 years? Oh, man. I, I'm sorry. I would be in my 70s. So Martin wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I did, like, I mentioned this to John, was that it it told of. I mean, it ended. The story ended. It told the story I wanted to tell. But I really liked that there was that little sliver of them going on new adventures. So it leaves open the possibility. It doesn't necessarily have to be an animated series. Maybe they could do like a little mini series or something. Or they could Mm -hmm. do comics. Or they could do, you know, books or something like that that continues their story. I I really liked that. I agree. I'd be all for that. And I and I would also draw the comic for free, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was nice about the finale, I think, is it wrapped up all the storylines, but then they gave that little taste kind of at the end that, like, let's go on one more uh, adventure. Because she said something about because they've never been in space, really. Yeah, they were going to, like, yeah. look for magic in space or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Castle Grayskull. <what? laughs> there you go, Josh. Season six. <laughs> there you the go. new adventures of She-Ra. There you go. <laughs> the new adventures. Of... <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot. Oh, I think a lot of why I feel the way I do is just the compressed nature of it, and I, I don't watch a lot of TV really anymore. Anyway. Um, it's so this the, was kind of the first like series that I've watched yeah. that was done in that was released in this kind of Netflixy way where mm-hmm. they they just compress it down so fast you you get these season you know whatever you want to call it, like a season dump right here's the whole yeah. season on one day and then you wait a few months and here's another whole season and then you know in a year and a half well, it's all over that's like the nature of the Netflix beast right yeah all their shows are going to yeah. be like Not that a fan. and. Uh, I think they have to kind of do that because they do dump the whole season at once that they can't wait as long for subsequent seasons, right? Because it's like, okay, a lot of us binge. Well, I binged it all right in one day. Many people will binge it over the weekend and then they're done. 
And then it's like you go months and months and months, you're going to start to forget about She-Ra instead of like something like, you know, Disney Plus, they decided not to dump all of the Mandalorian, right? They did mm-hmm. it week by week. So it's kind of like more drawn out, just like it would be on, on television. I think there's merits to both of them. I'm I, selfish. I, agree. I want my She-Ra now, so I'm kind of glad it was all <laughs> <Yeah. dumped. laughs> But I, I totally get your point. I, I, I agree with you. It's like sometimes with TV shows, I lose interest because I'm waiting for like the new episode every week and then they go on like, you know, hiatus for, you know, the holidays. And then the, when's the new episode come out? At least with like yes. Netflix, you're like, boom, it's just there. Um, yep. But yeah, no, I, I agree with both, both sides of that. Um, what I wanted to point out about the whole thing was... Um, that uh, I'm just waiting for like the YouTube videos about social justice warriors, um, <laughs> oh, you know, God. ruining Shira. Um, so like my whole thing is I've I've been very proud of this show because they are just they are treating everyone as equals. They are presenting people as people that uh, you don't have to point things out. So, like, if you watch a TV show, like, with a sitcom, right, um, you might see, like, a gay character. And a lot of times uh, they're going to do some type of stereotypical gay thing for a laugh or it's going to be pointed out that they are. What's, What's nice about this show is it was there was never a, oh, Natasha and Spinnerella are dating. Ooh. They're married, actually. Yeah, they're, and they confirmed that they're married and everything in the, in this season. Yep. Um, you know, there there was no, oh my gosh, Catra is in love with Adora. That's it was just seen as, oh look, Catra and Adora, or even mm-hmm. Bo and Glimmer. It, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. It's just kind of fluid, and I love that this show, which you know is in the children's kids section of Netflix, is is giving such a positive portrayal to everyone. I'm talking gay, straight, transgender is in there. Um, well, I'm assuming, or non-binary, I should say, right? I'm not yeah. sure. Double yeah, trouble. Non, non, yep. yeah. Double trouble is non-binary. Um, you have different races. You have so many different body shapes. Um, mm-hmm. If that is social justice warriors ruining our lives, then then go ahead and ruin them. Because <laughs> please, that is a <laughs> what much more accurate and positive portrayal of the world as it is now than uh, most television shows. Um, and don't give me the argument of oh my gosh, you had the lead character of the show who's a girl kiss another girl and it's uh you know a kid's cartoon there are there are lots of displays of you know of of a heterosexual couple uh in many a kid's show or a cartoon or something and that is fine just as this is fine nothing was overtly sexual um and it was just kind of seen as natural it was a natural progression of the storyline and I'll get off my soapbox, but I know there'll be people complaining about that aspect um, of of the ending of the show, and I just don't personally see a problem with it. Hundred percent. And rant. That was that was my opus, like Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I thought the yeah, whole that, thing yeah, was beautiful, absolutely. and there were so many. I was surprised that they went as far as they did in terms of just characters telling each other that they loved each other. 
Yeah. I mean, you had that with Seahawk and Marmista. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Catra and Adora. Um, oh, and Glimmer. Yeah, and the the only one I think that is was only implied was Entrapta and Hordak. But, I mean, we all know what's going on yeah. there. But, yeah. <laughs> and I cannot believe how invested I was in that couple. I'm just telling yeah. you right yes. Because I... When they first, you know, started implying things, I think this is one of the seasons we ha- we didn't record <laughs> or something. But um, I was, I like, I wrote online. I was like, "Am I, am I shipping and trapped in Hordak?" Like, because it was like so crazy, but it works, you know, it does. for those characters. That was I, I my. Just... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that was the relationship I was the most invested in in this season. I know, and I felt so bad at the end of last season when he was yeah. getting his mind wiped and stuff, and I was like, oh my god. Yes. But yeah, it was great. Absolutely. I was just so pleased that Hordak of all people got a nice happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he had that very touching moment where um, he flashed back to when he was holding the baby Adora. Um, and he mm-hmm. went, I remember mm-hmm. you. And then it made me think of like, this, was it season two or season three? Where he claims that he like, he doesn't remember her at all. And he found her very insignificant. Um, oh, yeah. And I didn't know if that was like, he did remember her at the time they were having that conversation. He just refused to acknowledge it. Um, because he was holding her quite sort of lovingly in the flashback. Yeah. And I saw that as maybe like Adora seeing that there was some good in Hordak at the end when she sort of helped him up and she was smiling at him. And uh, yeah, a very lovely ending for Hordak. He was probably my yeah, favorite character. So I was happy to see him um, get that ending. Well, talking about lovely endings, did it, anyone else shed a tear when um, Shadow Weaver died? Because I did. I did. Yeah. I, did. <laughs> yep. oh I got the God. feels like like bad feels i was like oh my i'm getting emotional over this. yeah <laughs> and i also love that when it happened you know catra was there but then adora came up and they were you know both standing there together watching because this is basically like their mother mm-hmm. yeah you know that they were saying goodbye to and it was like oh yeah it was really emotional and shadow we were finally told catra she was proud of her yes oh and then oh. She, when she took the mask off yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was like, oh, oh I wish we'd seen more of that because I think she looks better, honestly, with without that mask. She did. Yeah. That was yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have a quick question uh, that maybe y'all can uh, clarify for me because I think this maybe made either made more sense visually or is something that was not being clearly conveyed in the audio description that I get that's describing the action and things. So Horde Prime has all these clones, and in the descriptions, they mostly called them clones. There was also the clone that was formerly, the clone formerly known as Hordak. <laughs> um, okay, but that was not the same as the clone that left uh, the ship and gets disconnected and travels with them and realizes, Correct. okay. So here's here was my confusion, and maybe this is just a, a flaw in the audio description. That clone, the one that that travels with them and learns that Horde Prime is a false ruler and whatever. Wrong Hordak. Clone Hordak is what they kept calling him. So how is that? No, it was wrong Hordak. Hordak. What is it? Wrong. 
Wrong Hordak. Oh, yeah, because well, he's that's not Hordak. He's the wrong Hordak. Oh, maybe that's what they were saying. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Because they only say it a few times, but it kept it kept throwing me for a loop because I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. So okay, okay. <laughs> uh, because it's not really Hordak. So right. Yeah, okay. it's another I, one of the clones that like Bo accidentally fried his brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got all that. I was just trying to figure out why they kept calling him that in the audio description. But gotcha. I guess Although I wonder if the audio description might have been wrong. But Maybe. it was definitely, they named him wrong Hordak. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, visually, he looked the same as the other clones. His his outfit was a little different. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could still tell that he wasn't one of the, the rest of the clones. Like, he was... Yeah, he didn't have that, like, little shaw on. Yeah, like that, that cloak. Little, he was a little over the top. Thing. <laughs> that, that, that particular <laughs> clone. Think so. yeah. He was a little over the top. <laughs> he was amazing. They taught him how to wink, and it was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, to say. That, um, that voice actor for Hordak, yeah. I mean, he had a freaking field day this last season. <laughs> yeah, you, you think? Yes. I hope they like, paid him extra for this oh season. Oh, my gosh. Especially, like, uh, Horde Prime's, like, final um, speech. At the end, like I was like, wow, that that's pretty impressive. Like, that was theatrical, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> and, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, like, he did an amazing job of making them all sound quite distinct, so you knew when it was Hordak because he was more sort of growly, <laughs> and then Horde Prime was very. He was more sort of British sounding and he had this very calm voice and then Ron Kordak mm-hmm. also sounded completely different, I thought. So yeah, mm-hmm. he did an amazing job of making yep. all these identical characters into their <laughs> own thing. Props you know what's him. great though is you can definitely in in the way that uh that he portrayed particularly um just standard Hordak or whatever you definitely hear the influences from uh, George Dezenza's portrayal. Like he clear, I think he had to have watched the, because sometimes it's a very different show. It's a very different um, feel to the character, but sometimes just the phrasing and the way that he would put things, it kind of sounds like the, the classic one. And I, I love just that little touch. I've said this about Glimmer too before. Glimmer also very much, some of the characters sound nothing like the originals, right? But there's a couple of them in there. Glimmer and Hordike being, I think, the the most noticeable where it's like, I think those actors went and reviewed what had come before and pulled what they liked and, you know, did their own thing with it. But I think, I think they did because there's, there's definitely um, echoes of the, of the original portrayals. Yeah, I, oh I wonder. Can you if imagine he... if Wrong Hordak had started snorting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, just... I'm glad that wasn't there. <laughs> but <laughs> can you imagine? But yeah, I mean, even Hordak in the um, in the original Shira show, right? Like, there's two very distinctly different Hordak voices, right? There is <laughs> yes. the Secret of the Sword Hordak, and then the Hordak that's there for the rest of the entire series. So. So the, oh, I never noticed. Oh, yeah, they're he's, very he's different. definitely different in the Secret of the Sword episodes. Yeah, oh, he wow. goes from like one battle does not win a war, Shira, and then in the next episode he's like one battle does not win a war, Shira. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. Completely exactly. different. It's very very different. So, 
So I always liked the Secret of the Sword version of Hordai better in voice. He was more menacing, I think, in the Secret of the Sword. Then he got a little bit more comical. Yes. In the, yes. In the series. And this one I reminds me more of the villains. Secret of the Sword type Hordak. So. I loved the line oh. from Scorpia where um, someone asked her, was the, was the real Hordak this chatty? And she was like, no, he mostly just, he mostly just growled and went, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so great. You know, can I just say, I went from not really liking Scorpio that much at the beginning of this series to really enjoying that character by the time we got to the end. So, yes. Yeah, she was great. Speaking of Scorpio, that's what I was just going to say. That saved that that episode I did. That was like the low point of the season for me was the spy episode where Mm. they were like dressed like they were like gangsters. I didn't understand that. I did not understand (laughs) that whole concept. Um, But when she sang that song, I was like, all right, you sold me on the episode. (laughs) And she didn't have a bad voice either. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. But um, the disappointing, a little bit of disappointment in that episode was they did kind of do the whole throwaway with Peekaboo. So it ended up being double trouble, just kind of how Flutterina was double mm-hmm. trouble. Um, at least we got to see the Peekaboo design. That's something. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a little, a little bit of a waste. But I still appreciate it was there. I do yes. kind of wonder why this is by no means being critical in any way shape or form so uh i just i find it curious that with this show they did so many so many great things with uh all the stuff that that john was talking about earlier right like all of the the different portrayals of of all these different types of of characters whether that was their sexuality or their race or whatever they did it they did all these different things that was so great but did all of that in by and large staying true to what the original characters were more or less right so it Mm -hmm. seems really strange to me that in across the board they did that and there's only two that for no real apparent reason to me anyway that i can think of that they that they flipped genders on right like we have light hope that went from being male to female and peekaboo who went from being female to male and i can't work out what the point of of changing them was like you could have swapped those around and it wouldn't really have changed anything in the series i mean light hope was a freaking computer program like they should could have been anything right like it's Do you think it's interesting they did that with light hope because they didn't want adora to be kind of following a man maybe I but see that. i i would have i would argue that if they wanted to go that route just make it a genderless computer program right like hmm. computers are not inherently male or female right like you know what i mean like that's they could they could have gone that route too. Even I have if, a possible was, explanation for Peekaboo. I would love to hear that because that's the one that's the most baffling. Okay, so this has not been verified, but this I saw someone arguing on Twitter, so it must be true. I am <laughs> um, just like I Wikipedia. read that male peacocks have the feathers. 
the fancy feathers. That's true. Yeah. And females don't. So uh, it could have been something like that. Like they were very kind of animal specific, right? Like Catra has the two different color eyes in this mm-hmm. portrayal, whereas it doesn't in the other. Um, they also flipped um, Jewel Star from a female to male. Oh, right, of, right. Of, I of forgot the about that one. Sisters. Um, I, that one wasn't that you know big of a deal. I mean, Pika Blue was was in several episodes of you know filmation. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know because the costume didn't really have feathers either, did it? No, I don't think oh, it, it did. It did a bit, like like behind. Really, was like that his I thought tail that, coat? I thought that was yeah, just the coat. But um, yeah, I'm not even. It I mean, didn't, it, I'm not even saying it bothered me or anything. I would just love to know what was the thinking, like why make those changes? Because the rest of the characters basically, despite how different they are in some respects, basically hold true to what came before, or at least pay homage to what came before. And those, they, those were, I, w- I would say, light, light hope in particular, because Pico Blue was never, you know, like a very prominent character anyway in any incarnation but just seemed like they could have they could have left well, them alone and it would have been okay it didn't it doesn't seem to serve much purpose we also have the issue of since they knew of peekaboo's powers why wouldn't they have sought out peekaboo in season one to <laughs> yeah. find out what the horde was gonna do true <laughs> but i mean we'd have that same problem in the in the original <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just I mean, I think one reason I mean, there were there was already a good bit of male representation in this show, like Bo being a main character that was there all the time was fantastic. Um Seahawk was around here and there, but he wasn't a constant. And I think it's kind of cool that of the princesses that we all just assumed were female, they threw in a prince, which opens it up that there could be other princes that we just never meet um so the fact that they were all connected with runestones and so forth and had these powers and this connection um but they they didn't have to be female for that to work i kind of like that um i i think it's it it's it can only be a positive to have a little bit more male representation in a show that is largely targeted at females um just to, and you know, I think small children, probably of both genders or all genders, I should say, um, would enjoy this show. But I, I'm trying to think if it's like, do y'all think this show? I know it's not as girly in in quotes as the original, um, but do y'all think it's it was already less girly enough that it would appeal to? all genders as it was or do you think that a little bit of added gender swapping could strengthen it a bit does that make sense well i would say (laughs) go ahead i was just gonna say so i think there's two two pieces there i would say like the original shira show is probably more evenly balanced gender wise um than this one obviously i think but I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he, for the most part I don't think kids care that much. Like I I watched Shira. I knew plenty of other boys in school growing up that watched Shira. My nephew's watching this one. Doesn't seem to care one way or the other. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like kids don't like at a certain point kids care, right? When they get to be, I don't know, eight or nine or ten or whatever. The, some, not even all of them do, but at, at a certain age, some kids start to care. 
but um, I'm not sure it really makes that much difference when I mean my nephew's five and he I mean he's just watching he knows I'm into the master's stuff he comes over and, and looks at all my toys and the humanitarian figures are all mixed together and you know he knows it's all one thing and he's watching the new cartoon and he's seen the old ones and whatever and he doesn't he doesn't seem to doesn't seem to matter one way or the other to him how what the gender makeup is so i don't think it's that big of a deal anymore with uh, as the generations continue because you have like look at something like frozen and like the popularity of that that's a very female driven um show or show movie <laughs> yeah. well and, or um, even and elsa is time, very popular i was just gonna say since time out of mind the disney movies right like Kids of, of both genders went to go see Disney movies, even though they're predominantly princesses, right? Like, Yeah, although, you know, Disney got a lot of flack for changing their marketing strategy on Rapunzel. Um, they renamed it Tangled, and they featured more of the male character in the advertisements. Um, huh. Yes, uh, but it worked. And that's why this Frozen is called Frozen and not the Snow Queen. Oh, uh, that's right. weird. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I I see people people complain about that, right? But it works, and I don't think it's necessarily bad or deceptive. You might have a boy that's like, I'm not going to go see a Rapunzel movie. Ew, girls are weird, right? <laughs> but it's like it's called Tangled. They see there's this cool dude with a horse. You get mm -hmm. them in. It's The movie is completely about Rapunzel. So, I mean, I agree. It could be called Rapunzel, right? But yeah. by marketing it a certain way, you might actually widen the audience and people will then see it and love it that would not have even given it a chance. Now, obviously, with She-Ra, I mean, they're going to call it She-Ra, right? It's not going to be like Adventures in Etheria or something. <laughs> but, um, you understand where I'm kind of going with that? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter at the same time. Um, I still think people... Uh, would check it out regardless, just like a girl would watch a would would watch a He-Man show or or something like uh, Power Rangers. I mean, Power yeah. Rangers only has you know it always has either you know the beginning will have three or the full team. There's only going to be two girls, you know, and it's mostly going to focus on your Red Ranger, which is a guy, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you still have the buy-in from both genders for properties that have lasted that long. So, did anyone? Was anyone else uh, relieved slash happy slash whatever? I, I much preferred it this way in the final season here. They completely, like early in the series, they kept like, they like they couldn't decide what they wanted to call the rebellion. Is it the rebellion or is it the princess alliance? Is it? <laughs> and they kept mm. kind of using them interchangeably and they just dropped the princess alliance entirely this season. It was rebellion oh, yeah. all the way through and oh. I like it much better that way. Dude. I think it makes more sense. Um especially going up against Horde Prime because you're, you. you know, you're the I rebellion that's, yeah. When Horde Prime, Horde Prime, Horde Prime <laughs> I turned around they... and was like, destroy that or, you know, kill that rebel when he talked about Entrapta. Like he actually yeah, used the rebel. term rebel. <laughs> yeah. And it, it made me think of the original show and it gave me feels. Yeah, I th I think um, I think that was a better call. I, I do wonder if early in the show, with that interchangeable going back and forth between the two, was them trying to distance itself from like the Star Wars connotations, right? With the 
Rebel Alliance or whatever, but then they still used Alliance, so I don't know. Mm. But <laughs> come think of it. But And Leanne, yeah. was I talking over you? No. Oh, I thought I was. Was I talking no. over somebody? I don't uh, think so. I don't think no. it was me. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought I heard more talking when I was talking and I was like I would tell them to go around. That's the hive mind, John. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I need to be dis de assimilated. <laughs> um something i would like to bring up just as a you know casual fan of the original show um i do not believe it is pronounced me log it is may log just saying um in the original show so i just think they read it and it's spelled m-e-l-o-g so they said me log and it's Maylog. Um, but I really liked that that Maylog was there, even though it had absolutely nothing to do with the original show. Um, but I but did appreciate... it looked like yes, Catra's it, original form yes. when she would transform. Which I is, loved that. Yeah, which that was kind awesome. kind of why I would have liked her to be called Claudine. I thought that would have been a nice... You know, like maybe Catra could have been like, oh, Maylog, I named you Claudine, I don't know. <laughs> I read you don't an interview. Just like, take a magical being and rename <laughs> them. How dare you? <laughs> I read an interview, I think, today with Noelle Stevenson, where she said uh, they couldn't get the rights to Claudine, and that was why they picked. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, well, okay. You know what? That could be. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't that lovely? There you yeah. go, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. This is the, this is the thing, right? This is what drives me crazy. So, because yeah. there's so many missed opportunities just along the board. It has it's so much less to do with, um, you know, having to bring He-Man into it. That's not what it's about. It's just that this is all one property, and it's uh, it's frustrating. It's very very frustrating. To me, anyway. I know <laughs> there are plenty of fans out there on both sides who like, who, who, you know, especially on the human side, right? I don't want you a part of any of this. And I do not understand those people. So, yeah. Um, yep. In case anyone heard me typing, I was Googling uh, Martin's article. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said uh, um, she was excited for me log, blah, blah, blah. We were very enamored of actually Claudine, who was Catra's pink lion in the original, um, but it's almost identical to the one in Steven Universe. Oh, so yes. that's why they couldn't. That was it. Oh. I fabricated that entire story, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Steven Universe, but ah, they beat us to it. How dare they? Even can... though the 80s didn't Ripping first. off Shira like that. Can I just say as well, well, that happens to, that's happened over and over, over the years anyway, right? Like Fisto yeah. and the Star Wars prequels for some secondary character that nobody cares about. Oh, yeah. But, um, whatever. But, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I lost it. I was going to say something, uh, I got sidetracked because of the name thing. Uh, shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something story. talk amongst yourselves for a minute while i think <laughs> okay i'll um, jump in real quick jump in i okay you know the the scene uh adora's wish scene where she yes she sees them as they are older yeah like her, what she wants the that. future to be yes i loved that yes. and i really wanted to see what everybody else looked like <laughs> 
because I loved the designs, and I love that Bo still has his uh, his abs showing. Yep. And speaking of which, did you notice their spacesuits? He Bo still had that window, so you could see his abs. Did you notice oh, that? I, didn't even notice. I did not. <laughs> yes. Oh, if you look, look at yeah, if you look at his spacesuit, it's still got that little window down there for no reason at all. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then when they started not, well, kind of poking fun of Katra or with her oh, with the ears helmet yes. being so yep. cute, yep. <laughs> she couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it's just little touches like that. It's just so good. Yes. I, I remember what I was going to say now, because we were talking earlier about the Star Sisters versus Star Siblings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking before the podcast, I think. No, that was, I think that was no? in here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They uh. they called the Star Sisters the Star Siblings, etc. Cetera, et cetera. If you don't, if you they obviously weren't going to use Star Sisters in this version, but man, I wish they could have come up with something better than Star Siblings. I really do. That was the first thing that sprang to my mind when I realized one was a guy. I was like, oh, now they can be the Star Siblings. Like before they even said it. Okay. Like what else would I have just made think sense? it sounds. I don't know. It sounds really ridiculous to my ear. So it's not. It's not bad per se. I was just like, really, there wasn't anything else that would that could have come along. But I agree, Josh. I had the same reaction <laughs> when Adora okay. said I'm "Star Siblings." I was like, "The what?" <laughs> it just sounded. I odd. liked it. I don't know what else you could have said, but it sounded. It was very jarring. <laughs> well, I yeah, thought it, it was just a nice nod to the the Star Sisters. Yeah. Same. I liked it. The star souls, or the star people, <laughs> or the star something. I don't know. Wait, wait. Star people is better than Come star. No, <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. The star How about family. Star seekers. <laughs> star souls. Sneeches and be done with it. The star bunch. <laughs> star the bunch. Star bunch. The star bunch. <laughs> Oh, but, my. But uh, they did a fabulous job with the final season, so. Yep. Yeah, like, the two episodes that made me sob were the one where Adora saves Katra um, from Horde Prime, and then the last episode. And I don't remember exactly how many minutes of the final episode, but, like, at least the last five or so, just tears, constant tears i was just so overwhelmed with all the feelings and then there were rainbows on top of everything else and i'm like oh my god you're singing my song right now but just the fact that they went there with all of it not just the kiss even though i think that was beautiful and i'm so very happy they included that um but just the culmination of everything and it having this happy ending but also this open-ended and we're going to go, it's kind of like the end of the never-ending story. You know, Bastion went on to have many other adventures, but that's another story. And it was kind of like that. So you can, you know, in your headcanon or your fanfics or whatever medium you want to put it in, you can have them be whatever you want them to be going forward. Um, I kind of liked the open-ending part of that, but also there was closure at the same time. And it was just, I thought it was wrapped up so beautifully. And there were so many things that just, it made me, yeah, 
I think this season is where I finally stopped. Like, I think one of you said you stopped looking for Mantana and Leech and, and all of them. You It didn't even cross your mind to care where they were anymore. Um, same for me with this season. I was just like, yes, I finally have completely cut the ties in my in my head of this series connected to the old one. Because um, and they always were very different. And and I, I'm sure in some regard, I had already done that. But I think maybe there was still some tiny part of me that was trying to connect the two in a weird way. But by the end of this, I was like, Oh, thank goodness they don't. I'm I'm so glad that this is just its own entity because it's it's just perfect the way it is. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure there were other feelings I was having at the same time, but it was just, oh, my heart. <laughs> and there are very few shows that give me that kind of reaction um, at the end of these days, even if it's something I have a childhood connection to. But like I said, I wasn't even feeling a nostalgic connection at all by the end. This was all just this show, and Mm -hmm. it was all the feelings it specifically was giving me. The only thing that connected me to the old one that I I did kind of freak out about was that transformation sequence where you see the sparkles go all around (laughs) her. It reminded me of her old transformation, but that was it. The rest, I was just like, this is beautiful. I love it. I wish more shows were like this. I I hope that this encourages more shows like this to be made. Um, yeah, I just, all around, I was just thrilled. And I, I'm already re-watching it. Um, I'm only like four episodes back in, but I couldn't wait. I was like, nope, gotta start right back over. I, and then I'll probably start from the beginning of the Do you feel that one show. of the reasons, too, you feel like that is like the such like the character development on this show is just surpasses the eighties, like the eighties version back then that wasn't a big deal for a kid's cartoon. Nowadays, like you, I, you know, you, you expect more of that beefier writing and like the fact that we like, do you really think we would have felt really bad if like shadow weaver died in like the eighties version? I don't think necessarily given she was yeah. kind of like a maybe a two note characters i mean she wasn't a one note character like uh but this one you actually felt bad you knew shadow weaver was bad right she did a lot of bad things but you also saw her attempting to do good and mm-hmm. especially in this season right where she even once cast a spell to come with her to make sure she doesn't try to steal all the magic because yeah. she doesn't even trust herself and it's just like wow like you're you know you're just starting to understand shadow weaver even more and then when she finally decides to do the one good deed you know in her life partially too even for her love of micah who we haven't even talked about uh but he totally was like giving me count marzo vibes in this uh, <laughs> uh season by the way nice. um but uh yeah, like, I think that's why, like, at the end, we didn't care. I, and we're not saying the, you know, this show would not even be here if it wasn't for uh, the 80s version. Um, to, uh, yeah. We mentioned Steven Universe because of the, the article with Claudine. I, I I don't know. I don't I mean, I've seen I mean, I know what Steven Universe is. I've seen a picture, but like, I have no drive to see that. The reason I have a drive to see this is because I watched She-Ra in the 80s. I probably would not have checked it out had I not been a previous She-Ra fan. But that being said, that got me in the door 
their fantastic portrayal of a storyline is what kept me in. And I hope yeah. other people give it a chance. You know, yes, the characters look a little different. Yes, there's anime in it. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think the story is so strong. There's just so little of, of dead weight episodes in, in the series run. It's just, it's just so well done. I, I, I don't yeah. know anything else currently that I've watched of this type of, of property that has been this well done. Yep. Before I forget, three uh, you, between the two of you, you had three things that uh, reminded me of things that I, I wanted to say and or agree with you. So I'm going to very quickly go in reverse order from the order they just came up in. <laughs> uh, you just mentioned Castbella and Shadow Weaver's thing. I started this series hating Castbella. She was so fantastic in this final season. So yeah. they fixed everything that made it so I couldn't stand <laughs> Castaspella. It was so much better. And her whole thing in this season, there wasn't a lot of Castaspella, but uh, what there was worked so well. I was like, oh, I wish I'd done that with her from the very get-go because I really did not like her in season one. Uh, two, uh, John, it wasn't just cartoons in the 80s that did that. That was just TV in the 80s, right? <laughs> right? Exhibit A on the DVD extras for Star Trek The Next Generation when Rick Berman, the producer of that show, was asked about character development through the seven seasons. His response was, well, Riker got a beard. <laughs> and <laughs> so it was, that was just TV back then in general. You mean there wasn't like deeper meaning meaning in in like who's the boss? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. And, uh, and, and finally, Mona. Mona is the boss. Finally, yeah. finally, uh, Katie could not agree with, more with you though on the nostalgia aspect, and that that was not especially toward the end, not really there at all. And I think that's actually mm -hmm. really important because shows that lean too heavily on, or not even just shows, but you know, movies or whatever, that lean too heavily on nostalgia for a previous incarnation of the property tend to be either either not great or actively terrible. You know, Exhibit A being the Star Wars prequels or something like that, right? Like something that's that's banking on the fans um coming just for the nostalgia the nostalgia can get you in the door like john was just saying but that's not what's going to sell the show make you fall in love with the show and uh so it's very very good that this this show did not go that route that's part that's probably its number one biggest strength pay homage to be respectful of what came before Use what you want to use and that sort of thing. You don't need to trash it all either, but don't lean exclusively on the nostalgia. And they they did a really good job of avoiding that pitfall. I think. Yeah, very well said. Yep. Well, any other final thoughts on the end of Shira? Uh, I would circle back to my my opening. <laughs> I'll digress <laughs> from my prepared remarks to circle back to my opening <laughs> argument. <laughs> Um, in which I said that I'm a very hard sell on final seasons and final episodes in general. Um, like, I, I can't think of 
very many maybe some like sitcoms but in terms of like dramas or cartoons or whatever um final seasons i always find very tricky and final episodes inevitably very much disappoint me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i think maybe like star trek the next generation deep space nine and breaking bad and maybe like the only finales that i thought were perfect um and sort of left me feeling quite satisfied a lot of other stuff i feel like they get to that final episode and they they leave a lot of stuff out or they rush to the end or they chop over loads of plot points that they should be covering or (laughs) they'll they'll just blaze through loads of story in a very short amount of time to get to their ending and i felt like this Mm -hmm. season took its time and was perfectly paced really um and everyone got a moment everyone sort of ended up in a place where you thought maybe they would be um, like it was all foreshadowed and appropriately developed over the course of those seasons. Um, so yeah, I, I left feeling very satisfied for everybody. Um, I don't think there's there's anything really that I was left with at the end of that finale going, oh, they forgot about that. Or, <laughs> you know, oh, they didn't do anything with that thing. Um, I, I was very happy at the end and I was happy for all the characters. Lovely. That's wonderful. <laughs> like that's a huge stamp of approval. Like those examples you just cited um as ones that did give you that good feeling at the end and how rare that is. I I agree. There are very few series that have that good of a wrap up. Um and the fact that we got this from what was it 52 episodes? Mm-hmm of a cartoon series in 2020, you know, like you wouldn't expect that. Um, but we, we were gifted that and it, it's still blowing my mind. Like <laughs> this, it's one of those, like not to go on, on too much of a tangent, but um, in Harry Potter, there is, if you, if you want to look it up, there's this thing and it's not just in Harry Potter, but it's been studied uh, ring composition which is a structured way of writing. Um, it's used in C.S. Lewis, Jake R.R. Tolkien, the Bible, like it's chiasmus is another word for it. Um, and it's one, of, it's basically a structure of writing a story where the beginning and the end kind of either mirror each other or they, they come back together and wrap up. Ugh, I'm, I'm not saying it well, but the most satisfying, because uh, we've done a few episodes about this on Alohomora, the other podcast I'm on, and we just recently did one, did the third one in a series that wrapped up the last three uh, books that we have been talking about. And that type of composition seems to be the most satisfying across the board. Um, it gives the either the reader, the watcher, whatever, the audience, this closure um and it it's more than just closure though because a lot of shows try to give you closure but it's the way it does it it's the way it takes elements from the very beginning like with adora and catra you know that was from the very start um was their relationship and then you end with that relationship and how it ebbs and flows over the the course of the show and i would have to 
you know, study it episode by episode to see if it follows the Harry Potter type. Um, like, as an example with Harry Potter, book one and book seven are rings of each other, book two and book six, book three and book five, and then four is like the linchpin. It's the one in between that holds them all together and is related to all of them. And they, they've made diagrams of this and it's wild. Um, <laughs> but there, there are literally chapters that mirror each other. There's like into the forest and, and or no, Owl Mail and Owl Mail again are literally two chapter titles that are mirrors in I think book one. Um, but anyway, I would have to actually look at all of these episodes with that eye, that critical eye to see if they meant to do it that way, if there is that ring structure, or if I'm just if I that I just feel that it's there because it was so satisfying. Um, but I, I am curious if they structured all of this from the beginning or if they changed it halfway through. Like, I don't know if, if they've ever talked about that in interviews, um, but it, it gives me the same feeling of something that was really thought out ahead of time and purposely done the way it was done. Yeah, Noel Stevens actually talked a little bit about that on Twitter the other, I think it was on Twitter the other day, maybe it was on our close right? I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter there, um, about the fact that they knew going in exactly how long the story was going to be, that they had 52 episodes and structuring everything to fit within that 52 episode arc. So Nice. Yep. Well, she did a good job. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes. To say the least. <laughs> and she is also incredibly entertaining she... to follow on uh, Twitter. So I highly recommend following her on Twitter. Not just yeah, for the share content. So. Yep. What were you saying, John? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I talk over you? Yes, but it's okay. Sorry. Because <laughs> I talk over everyone all the time. <laughs> okay. it's, it's all because of the delay of the Skype, you see. Yes. That is what I'm like. Skype is evil. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Horde Skype. (laughs) I want a figure of wrong Hordak. um, (laughs) Winking. Yes. Oh my god, that could be his action feature. (laughs) This this final season two, it just really it really made me wish. And not that I don't appreciate the fact that Mattel released the dolls. Um I of, do not know, appreciate the fact well, that Mattel the, the dolls. Yeah, I did not want the dolls. Really I want action figures. But like, I wish yeah. that they would have allowed Super Seven to make a whole line of action figures, like they did for those two promotional figures, yes. the Shira and Catra. Um, I mean, those would have been perfect for me. I would have paid a premium for yep. them. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of sad, um, you know. We, uh, in our line of business, uh, right? We get obsessed and we want merchandise and. Um, you know, uh, like, yeah, I would have liked action figures. Um, I don't really know where I was going yeah. with that, but, you know, maybe one day we'll get um, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power classics. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I would buy them all. No, I was having the same thought yesterday. Like, I'm glad that, you know, this is a show that kids can watch, but they don't have the figures like we did when we were kids yeah. to act out their own plots and ideas and stories and whatnot um which is just going to add to the forgettability of it because they'll just go into watching the next thing whatever that is 
Um, cause yeah, I, I bought those dolls. I never opened them. I never really had a good place to display them anyway, but they're in a Goodwill box right now. Cause I just, I don't really like them. And that's sad. Somebody cut like her I, mic. I, <laughs> I, like, I want a child to enjoy them that will actually enjoy them. All right. Uh, yeah. As, whereas I would just look at them and just be sad because oh. I would, like you say, I want action figures. I now. have Adora right here on my desk. Aww. She's giving like, you the judgment them. eye. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, they were better than nothing, right? I guess, but yes. you know, I understand where you're coming from. They also needed to be released, I think, around season one. Not what were they released yeah. around season three or four? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I got the She-Ra Swiftwin pack uh, for my wife's cousin's daughter that I still don't know what the relation is there. Um, <laughs> and uh, for her birthday last summer. And that's, uh, I, it's one of the few humanity She-Ra anythings that I have not collected myself, right? Like, I just it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be action figures right like i'm enjoying the the mega blocks uh stuff and the little mega blocks figures and stuff just anything else those those were not not what i wanted <laughs> so well, i think it's again yeah. a little bit of mattel missing the boat on not knowing how to market a shira product because i i think you know you see shira you think little girl you think doll like this is very old thinking um, yeah. where one of the, I'll always say this, one of the reasons that I think the She-Ra 80s toy line didn't last to its full potential was because they were more so action figure dolls instead of action yep. figures. Like there were girls buying not only Tila, but they were buying Masters of the Universe, male action figure characters. So to tap into that market more with the girls, perhaps actual female action figures would have been the answer. They didn't necessarily mm -hmm. want to have to brush their hair and all, all of this stuff. They had Barbie for that. Um, or yeah. the cooler kids had Jim. But... Um... <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that So my sister and I are two and a half years apart, but we grew up, we were, watching, we were both watching both shows. We both had figures from both lines and... At least, at least for my sister, 100%. She did not want to be brushing those hairs of, mm -hmm. on those dolls. And uh, two, they they because they were more doll than they were action figure, they did not hold up well to the way they were being played with. So, yes. mm -hmm. you know, um, they well, were in the thing. Look rough at, shape and short order. Look at the example. A Barbie cartoon is going to be very kind of fashion oriented right or like same with like gem you know ooh, glamour rock all of that does kind of lend into let's change our outfit let's get these cool earrings let's brush the hair let's do some makeup the she-ra show had absolutely nothing to do with those type of stereotypical um little girl things um so i think that's why it's like it didn't even make sense like why it's an action figure doll that comes with a comb yep Shira would never do this in the cartoon, whereas like yeah, Jem would do this or or Barbie would do this. Um, so I think it was kind of like a disconnect there. Plus, you would have had more boys probably buying the Shira. Not that boys didn't, but more boys probably more would them. have bought into yeah. the to the Shira stuff too because it would have been action figures. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess I think it's hard, too, with a Netflix show. I, I know some Netflix shows do have merchandising. Like like I saw a lot of Stranger Things and things like that in, in like, Target. Um, that, that show seemed, I mean, then again, the popularity of something like Stranger Things was probably more through the roof, you know, not, not, well, like and I think it's also spread out more, right? I think this is another problem with the condensed schedule, right? Is there, there's only so much time for Mattel or anybody else, right? To develop the toys that yeah. they're going to end up putting all inside because it's like you have a window of maybe a year that you can get these out while the show is new and hot and whatever, and then it's over. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I think Str- I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think Stranger Things has a more traditional, I think it only is like once, like every summer or something, right? Every June or July. Yeah, is it's that... all dumped. But yeah, I think it's had a longer year longevity. Than, yeah, there's, well, there's like a the year between releases. seasons yeah. is what I was getting at there, I think, on Stranger Things. I think on Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. So. And then one might say, you know, let's say Shira had been on Nickelodeon. It probably wouldn't have been allowed the same freedoms that they were allowed, say, on something like Netflix. Oh, um, totally. So maybe you would have gotten more merchandising, but on the handoff, you might have had a more generic show. Yeah, I mean, because that's what True. they do with Power Rangers now. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. Ugh. I don't even. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but so <laughs> Power Rangers, the way it's structured now. Like, they only let you do 20 episodes in a year, and they make you go on hiatus, and it's ridiculous. And so Power Rangers has really Ooh. suffered. And I feel the, qu- the quality sucks. has kind of dipped. Oh, I mean, it it yeah. peaked at um, Dino Charge. Dino again. Charge, like, yep. you, you know how there's always, like, peaks and valleys for Power Rangers, and we're totally off subject, but Leanne and I know <laughs> what we're talking about. Like, the last peak of Power Rangers was a little show called Dino Charge. Okay, and after Dino Charge, everything slipped down, down, down. Because before Dino Charge, like what was that stuff like Super Mega Force and stuff? Ugh. Yeah, like, that was bad. That wasn't good. <laughs> then you went skyrocketing up with Dino Charge, and then it was like, oh, let's fall way back down into the pit of despair. Yeah, <sighs> I think that the Power Rangers uh, Nickelodeon license deal thing ends next year. So I'm hoping now that Hasbro owns Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to develop it and do what they want. I hope. Yeah. So, question for all of you: Since we 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 all agree that this was a good show, they did a good job wrapping it up. But am am I the only one that would be all in if they wanted to do the new adventures of She-Ra now? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like if they wanted to do like this was this is its own self-contained story. It's over. All right, now we're going to do like a a mini series or a, se- a completely separate thing that just gives you a little bit more with these characters i i i'm so there if they decided to do i would love to know if martin would like this but i actually think that if you gave the same writing team the premise of she-ra going into space (laughs) and then meeting all of the new adventures of he-man characters since you know rights issues and they can't use you know man at arms um <laughs> i actually think it would probably end up being a very well written again show if if the same passion was behind it yeah martin agrees. i totally watch it <laughs> did i hear that martin agrees, martin agrees. <laughs> i mean you know they would look at the scientists and they'd figure something out <laughs> They could like leave they off just, the They just figure something out, you know? <laughs> They'll just figure something out. And then, like, you know, Drissy will be a little bit more edgy. 
Yeah, I think you took my new adventures of Shira way more literally <laughs> than it was intended. I, I, yeah, I just meant a continuation of the story. Oh, but Although, I mean, if they were allowed to have He-Man, you know, I mean, they they could totally they made it. She the they made it completely open to include um, masters of the universe. Just the way of phrasing about bringing magic back into the universe. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she could even go and reactivate Castle Grayskull. Like who knows? I mean, like there's so I should not be given my plot or uh, story ideas free. <laughs> <laughs> did I? Oh, if I may, real quick. Uh, this, this was the. Did anyone like? Did anyone have a vision of what they thought the ending was going to be? I. This is what I literally thought was going to happen. I just like I was convincing myself for uh, months that this was going to happen. You know, since we never knew what Grayskull was, I literally thought like they were going to wrap everything up. And then the last, you know, 15 seconds of the show, a portal would open up. They would all turn and look at the portal. You would see like Castle Grayskull in the portal. Then the camera would go back to Adora and like she would say Grayskull and then boom credits. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yep. I just Thank got you. chills. I'm available, Noel. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we actually discussed something similar like that happening in an earlier version of Master's Cast. I don't remember who mentioned it, but we I think we all discussed something similar to that for I don't even know if we were saying the finale, but just at some point mm-hmm. getting just a glimpse through a portal of Grayskull and that's it. And I think yeah, I think that would have been It would have been such a tease that I would love it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, it would have been, that would have been great. And yeah, it's like I said, missed, missed opportunities. Yeah. Like she would get that look on her face, like light bulb. Like, <laughs> and that's the kind just, of thing. Yeah. Like even if it was just a silhouette or it was blurry, but you could uh-huh. tell, yeah. it, like, you know, and her saying Grayskull, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Like that. And that's the kind of stuff that I guess I was, I was meaning, right. It doesn't have to bring He-Man in just, just the little touches, and and that was if it was, if it's enough to see that it's a castle and say it's Grayskull, then that would that would have been enough. Even if you didn't have the backstory, right? For the for the if you were a new fan coming in, mm-hmm. just oh, Grayskull's a castle. That must be a magical place. Okay, well that's all we're gonna find out about it. Like that would have, you know, we literally got nothing about Grayskull, <laughs> really. In this Am series. I the only one that so. during this final season got the idea that Eternia is no more due to Horde Prime? Yes. I also kind of thought that too because, you know, he makes that, 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 um, ugh, I can't speak. When they're in the, the holographic type inside where they're going to get the heart of Etheria and Mara appears to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Adora and, um, Horde Prime comes in and he's like, you would think I would remember your face, but you know, but there's been so many I've killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that's what made me think like, oh, he probably assimilated Eternia. See, and I thought yeah. the opposite actually, because we had the whole thing with the crystal planet and the star siblings and all of that. See, I even have to pause for a second and think about it. The star <laughs> siblings. It sounds weird. Um, right. But they, that they, that he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't completely destroy that planet or whatever because of the magic and mm-hmm. yada, 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 right? Like, 
my interpretation well, was he wanted all. just like just like he wanted the the clones or whatever to to say that he's all powerful blah blah blah. He want he wants everyone to think that he's destroyed everywhere he's gone or whatever, but uh but was driven back at some point. You know, Eternia is supposed to be at least in traditional canons this very magical place, right? So mm-hmm. he was driven out just like what we were seeing on the Star Siblings world where he tried and then that when he got further along who knows it's all speculation on that world it was still a dead planet i mean it had an atmosphere and some crystals underground but that was it and the the one you know magical creature that survived so same thing could have happened on eternia that he got almost all of it but the what is it? Uh, the power of Grayskull or whatever is still down in the abyss. And See, but then th- something the only is way, still there. The only way that works, though, is if Adora isn't from there. And it makes it very... But he could have done it after they stole Adora from it. Yeah, that's where the timeline well, starts to get really strange. Because then you're talking about all these thousands of years in between. And yeah, I don't that's know. That's something where it starts that's always to get confused fuzzy. me, right? Like, yeah. Um, you know, when Hordak takes her out of the portal... But they're saying that the first ones hadn't been around for a thousand years. But I guess that doesn't mean that the first ones weren't on Eternia. So Light Hope opens a portal to Eternia. Hordak gets the baby by accident, I guess. Portal closes. Eternians don't know, like, where the bleep the baby went. Just like they kind <laughs> of didn't know in the in the original show. Right. Uh, so I guess that's I guess maybe we're I'm I'm often overthinking those timelines, too, because I'm trying to, like, piece together. Like they say, Mara wasn't a, was a thousand years ago and nobody remembers, you know, Shira. But then there were all these other Shiras. But why is it only Mara that comes back to in like Adora's dreams? Like they never really mentioned the other Shiras anymore before Mara. It's only like mentioned one time. And that's why, too, I wondered yeah. if they didn't settle on the Mara thing yet um, in that first season, which I guess is possible. Hmm. Um, yeah. But no, I totally see what you mean about the, the timeline. It's 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 our brains overthinking it, I think. Um, although I don't know, is any show really uh, flawless in their in their attempted execution of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Continuity. Um, yeah, right. continuity of not screwing up their own continuity. I mean, no, yeah, but this one was not. also <laughs> more or less pre-planned for the full 52 episodes, so they they could tweak th- could have tweaked things to make it work. But I don't know my my thinking, at least on it, may be completely wrong. Was just more or less what what you just said, right? It was a thousand years ago that Mara had the run-in with Hoyt Prime, came to Etheria, you know, along with some ex-group of the first ones who were Eternians. But then a thousand years has gone by, and Adora is now part of the current ruling family or whatever, assuming that the, the storyline's the same on Eternia, right? Mm-hmm. That was... Because I don't... I think that's the simplest way to make everything fit together well and i was a little confused because in the season we didn't do any episodes about like mara you find out that mara like figured out what the weapon was going to do and that's why she stuck everyone in despondos but like was horde prime attacking them 
at that time? Because I guess that's how Hordak ends up stuck on the planet. But has he... He hasn't been there that whole time, right? Like, no. Because Scorpia said, like, he came and took over her village, like, in her lifetime. Yeah, so that's, like, why... And she's not a thousand that's years That's why old. I'm confused at, like, that. I'll, like, or did, like... Are we just, like, overthinking it and it just wasn't explained, but Hordak somehow was transported maybe into Despondos at a later date? I think he just says that he falls through a, a, a portal or something, doesn't he? So I guess it's maybe just an unrelated portal. Yeah, <laughs> like it could be that maybe a portal, portals could maybe take you into Despondos, but then once you're in Despondos, they did tell us you cannot open a portal. Yeah. Out. So it's like a one-way ticket kind of type deal. So that must have... Okay, that makes sense. Except Again, that see, Light Hope does yeah. open a portal out of Despondos because Zordak has to go get a door, so... Yes. Like, how... Well, didn't that, like, fry her mainframes or something? I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't think they adequately gave an excuse for that one either. <laughs> yeah. There, but... It would be... It, you know, I would love to just sit down with Noel Stevens for, like half an hour and just be like explain this to me how does this how in your mind how does all these how do these pieces fit together that you know that you maybe Whoa. didn't have time to flesh out because i wait a couple I, months I have in a, tweeter i have a yeah. really yeah, i have a really hard time believing that she didn't at least have an explanation whether whether it's canon whether it's you know in you know in whatever um Bible or whatever that they may have had for this show, whether it was written down anywhere, she in her mind as showrunner and more or less creator of the show had to have had some way that this works for her. Because that's, I mean, as a, a writer too, right? Like uh, when you're sitting there creating a story, whether it makes sense to anybody else is usually secondary right it's you the story needs to resonate with the person writing it down or it's not going to resonate with anybody else that's first and foremost so she's got to mm -hmm. have have something in her mind of how she thinks this this fits together well plus look at how um here's an explanation for you how madam raz keeps jumping in between times like one minute she's with Mara, one minute yeah. she's with Adora. Maybe it was something like that on how Light Hope was able to open the portal. Hmm. You know, like if it was like a time kind of hop, and then I don't know. We're think we're overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're overthinking it. I think it's that there wasn't enough information given for us to yeah. solidly come down on a theory. I think that's yeah. And, or we may have just forgotten something because it's been a while since yeah. I watched the last season at this point. Yeah, um, yeah it would be fun. I, I want to start thing. all the way over. After I finish rewatching this season, I want to start just from episode one and go all the way back through. Someone, if you feel like doing this, feel free. I don't think I've got the patience for it. But if you are, if you want to go through and as you're watching it, take notes on every piece of information that that is given a date you know this happened you know it, when scorpio was born or this happened when whatever or you know they said this happened 10 years ago or this happened a thousand years ago what and build build a timeline mm -hmm. from it that actually would be really interesting to see how much of it yeah. how much of it uh, we can make sense of if you actually pay close attention it's a good point well with that, we highly recommend She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. All 52 Yay. episodes are available on Netflix right now. So if you haven't watched them, binge them now. 
And if you don't right. have or don't want Netflix, you can buy, I think, at least the first three or four seasons on iTunes right now, and I'm sure lots of other places as well. And season five will be coming down the pike sooner or later, I'm sure. Yeah, you can buy them on um, Amazon Prime. And um, there's also a DVD set released, I think, of just the first two seasons, first two or three. Um, Is there? Yeah, a DVD. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? Uh, you were not paying attention, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't podcasting, so you weren't telling me these things. Um, but yeah, I'm... Um, I'm gonna snag those snag those babies on iTunes. They're up in the digital cloud forever. I like my physical media. I know, but I'm still. I just school. feel everything's cloud now. It's all in the clouds. <laughs> but then they can always pull it from the cloud, and you're screwed I know. unless you have your own copy. I know this is true. This is well, not if I bought them. I'm worried about it going. You off can Netflix download them and, and keep them on yet. your own. Devices. Yeah, like with iTunes, you can download the physical copies. Oh, okay. Yeah, slick. I know you hate the Apple, but sometimes you got to take a bite, Katie. <laughs> no, you don't, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I have... Okay, one last thing before we end here, since we brought this up. I've got those. I've got the uh, classic humanity was from... Uh, iTunes please somebody go do whatever you need to do blackmail people whatever <laughs> I don't care anymore just go to Warner Brothers make them sell the Masters of the Universe live action movie on iTunes because it is on iTunes you can rent it but you cannot buy it because Warner Brothers will not let you purchase it to own you can only rent it which means you have it for like 24 hours to watch or whatever it is 48 hours to watch hmm. for like four dollars and i'm not paying four dollars to rent that movie but i would buy that movie so that i could watch it whenever i want just let me buy it please yeah while you're blackmailing them about that also get them to do the same thing with rainbow bright and the star stealer because <laughs> screw them is it also if they're only for rent <laughs> yes. that is ridiculous people yes this is so yes. stupid Make this stop. This is madness. <laughs> you guys are going to all this immediately. He-Man. Okay. The live action He-Man movie, as much as I have learned to enjoy it, I actually hated it as a child and I'm much more appreciative of it as an adult for some strange reason. But this is not a well-regarded film, to say the <laughs> least. It has 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, well, oh Just... <laughs> Sell it to the people that actually want to give you their money. Just do it. Yes. <laughs> it's already up there. Just let that us. That is know. odd too, because I mean it's on Blu-ray and everything too. So like, why wouldn't they sell the? Unless it's <laughs> well, it's our favorite topic of the day. Is it a rights issue? Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope not. I have the movie in a fancy metal case. Ooh. Yeah, what was up with like the overseas releases got like really nice ones and we yeah. got like this bare bones <laughs> horrible looking blue, not horrible quality of the picture but just like you know they used like the stupid poster um blu-ray really m made me angry. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> angry. <laughs> but my version is lovely. It has an embossed cover. Mhm. Mm I've seen the pictures. Dang. Yeah. I want one of those. That's a fancer. 
Well, uh, yeah, so we hadn't recorded an episode in a long time, but that doesn't matter because you downloaded this one. Thanks for listening. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. <laughs> I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Wacky... Wait, is it my name first? Um... <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, never mind. It's two o'clock in the morning. Um... <laughs> Let's move on to Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> how, can I, how do I follow that up again? Um... <laughs> I'm Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmacka. I'm Justin Lankert, also known as Lion Court. And we're all too tired to be continuing. So <laughs> with that, we bid you good, good journey. journey. I will say we never record this late. It is nine, what, 9 p.m. at night for all of us except Martin, who is at <laughs> 2 a.m. right now. That's right. So yes. kudos to him for staying I, up. I,